The trilogy is complete. Sonata is the emotional conclusion to the forbidden love story between Liam North and Samantha Brooks, a seductive and utterly addicting story of temptation and forbidden desire. This is Sky Warren at her best, says New York Times bestselling author Sarah Castile. Read Overture, Concerto, and the final book, Sonata, right now. The audiobooks are narrated by podcast favorites Teddy Hamilton and Grace Grant. I've personally read the first book in this series, Overture, and it was incredible. I cannot wait to read the last two books. And the trilogy is complete, so go get all three books now. Sky Warren is amazing. Yes, go get it. And welcome back to Read Me Romance After Dark. I'm your host, Tessa Bailey. I'm here with Leah and Mel from Alexa Riley. Smooth DJ voice. You still got it. Right before this, I was like, hit record, bitch. Let's do this. And then she's like, hi, and welcome to the after dark. (laughs) It's late night, lady listeners. Welcome to Club Romance. (laughs) 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 You know, if you ask, my daughter always asks Siri to beatbox on her phone and Siri, yeah, she goes, Siri, beatbox. Oh, shit, I'm going to try it. Hold on. Siri goes, okay, you want me to tell you? Hey, Siri, can you beatbox? That's really cute. I like that. <laughs> so then she then she changes it up and she goes cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots. boots and cats it's and funny. That's so cute. It works. I love it. Yeah, you learn something new every day. I asked Siri to tell me jokes the other day because I can do it on my watch, and my daughter was beside me, and she thought this was like the greatest thing ever. It was just dad jokes, but she thought it was so funny that like she's like, "This is great. You can just ask for jokes." I'm like, "Oh my god, technology!" Sometimes Siri can get really bitter. Like my daughter will be like, "Hey Siri, what are you doing right now?" And she'll be like, "Just answering five million people saying, hey Siri.'" <laughs> <laughs> You think it's a mom? <laughs> you think Siri's really a mom? She's like, God damn it, Leah, stop it. <laughs> you know, Apple needs to make like a Siri movie. Like, oh, yeah. You know, like the way they have the emoji movie, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just really like a giant marketing ploy. Yes. But like there's series, but there's like a bunch of different series and they all have different personalities. Oh my god, we need my, to. Okay, my, we. My daughter we like has the a, other one where it's like the man's voice. Yeah, yeah. I it irritates me. The dude that's on there. My daughter has my daughter put an Australian Australian accent on ours. I don't know how she did I it had, or how to get it off. I had, but I think it's very pleasant. I, know, I had the British one, and she went away when I updated my phone. I got the American I, one back, and I was like, I, I guess they found out I don't live there. <laughs> I was just like, I'm like, that's not Surrey. Like I was offended. I was like, whoa. Bring Surrey back. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't like change. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I don't like change. Where's Surrey? Let's get her back here. I need the normal voice. Okay, so we are here for Tia Louise. It's uh, Tia Louise week. We're listening to Plumbing the Virgin. I think we probably have not gotten to the juiciest part yet, so buckle up. The juiciest That's coming very soon. intended. 
the juiciest part. Monday was the official Read Me Romance blowjob episode. Oh, God. So hopefully everybody's recovered by now. I know, right? Just from that, I hope everybody had a lot of can wine during that episode. (laughs) I've just remembered something. I remembered you could ask Alexa who Alexa Riley is and she answers. No, let's do it. I've never asked Siri. Siri. Hey, Siri. Who is is Alexa Riley? Oh, this bitch is just thinking on it. <laughs> Let's go in. Who is Alexa Riley? Okay, here's contact information for Rob Riley. <laughs> That's my husband. I know it pulls up Mel's husband. <laughs> I guess it didn't work on my phone. I have too many things that say Alexa Riley on it. I know, it started I pulling thought... up all my shit on my phone. I was like, oh no 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 no! Don't say those numbers out loud. <laughs> it's like your social security number I know, is your four five five. Your W nine. <laughs> I was at somebody's house and they were like, check this out. And they asked the Alexa who Alexa oh, Riley is. See, we and should, it went we should, and it went off. We gotta get like, somebody oh, else to do that. We'll have a guest on so the podcast I, just for that. <laughs> my, I'm not gonna ask. I'm not gonna ask mine because oh. it'll be like oh. it'll I just wanna, be like, uh Daddy who? <laughs> it'll say, Daddy? <laughs> is that you? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Pulling up Gangbang 7. <laughs> Favorites number 4. <laughs> Therapist online too. <laughs> okay, so on on Mon- or last week we talked about, or we had our husbands uh-huh. on, like, via recording. So, I like, what I wanted to ask you guys, because I'm, now I'm curious about your husbands. What's their hobby? Do they have something they're, like, super into? Uh. My husband plays, well, I used to play a lot. I don't play anymore. We used to be big Warcraft people. Like the video game? Like World of Warcraft? Yeah. Yeah. Does he still play it? He started playing again the other day. He was playing. Yeah. And he golfed. And he's obsessed with football. He runs a fantasy football league. That he proudly says, there's a wait list to be in. (laughs) So, do you guys ever watch 30 for 30s on, on, what is it? No, ESPN. Yeah, yeah. They Uh have that documentary, ES 30 for 30. There's an episode, I think it's called Rotisserie League. And it's about the very first fantasy football league. Oh, shit. No, it's is it good. Amazing. If you guys, like, even if you're not into sports, guys, go check out the 30 for 30 documentaries, like 30430. Um, and each documentary is a different director mm-hmm. and it's on a different subject. And this, so this rotisserie league episode, it's like this guy who was laid off from his job and he was just like a numbers guy and he needed something to like occupy his mind. And so he came up with all these like categories and all these in this basically the entire system that we use now for fantasy sports. And he has never seen a dime from it. Oh my god, no, that sucks. Never, he's never gotten any kind of compensation. It was just him and like eight of his guy friends and one woman, and they were the first rotisserie league, and they called it that. Sorry, they were the first fantasy football league, and they call it the rotisserie league because they met in a chicken restaurant that like roasted chickens so like people still call their fantasy football leagues rotisserie leagues but that's why i didn't know any of that that's fucking cool yeah it's i love those i the oj simpson episode of 30 for 30 have you seen chernobyl (laughs) that's gonna be my code every time you start to go down like a really dark hole i'm just gonna pull you back in and just say you know what just let people watch it to us okay you've given no but it's not about it's not about like (laughs) just just (laughs) let them watch it (laughs) 
I'm sorry. Do you want to finish your OJ Simpson story? No, I don't want to finish now. I love it. I'll be having the worst moment ever and then Tessa will just like plop on top of it I'm like I can't even be mad at you because I'm just, you're so ridiculous I can't believe you said she's that like oh my god guys like the world is ending do you know we're being silently by noxious gas it's so annoying too because yesterday I was at I was at dropping my daughter off at basketball camp and I was telling them the fact that I can't stop talking about Chernobyl and then I started talking about it again like on the heels of saying to them I like I've been ruining every good everybody's good mood by bringing up Chernobyl but it's so good I have to tell you about it you're like a Jehovah's Witness yeah it's (laughs) direct all email all email complaints to romance at gmail.com I'm just saying Tessa wants to spread the good news of Chernobyl okay Her good Chernobyl experience to everyone. Oh, <laughs> so for a hobby, so my husband's hobby. <laughs> he he doesn't really have a hobby, but I will say I'm his fucking hobby. That's not. I know, right? I'm an, I'm enough for him to do. But uh-huh. no, he like he's really funny. He always makes me laugh. He has the best memes. Like I feel like that's his hobby. It's like. Finding the best memes and sending he it to does. me and, like, getting me to laugh. Like, it's really funny, but he always has the best memes. He likes to hike and eat fish and stuff like that. He's, he likes to be outdoors. But, um, and he, he just works so much. So he doesn't, like, get to do the things that I think he would do were he to, like, have a hobby you know like but but there's never been like one specific thing that he's picked up like I don't even know if I have a hobby like I wouldn't like I like if I stop and think about it I'm like what would my hobby be I like Harry Potter is that a hobby you know that's your definite that's definitely qualifies as a hobby like to the extent that you participate in that culture like that fandom I should say well I guess it would be along the same lines as like football because my husband really loves football he'll do fantasy and stuff for NFL sometimes but he we both really prefer college but um but he gets really into it we go to games and you know tailgate and that kind of thing I think that maybe that would qualify then what about what about Pat what does he do besides worship you (laughs) sure (laughs) he he's super into aliens (laughs) Wait, yeah, is like, that the one? He, like, That's watches... right, because you were like, I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. He, like, <laughs> he will, like, nudge me awake to tell me something that's happening on Ancient Aliens. I'm like, Pat! <laughs> Jesus Wait, I just want to know, like, is he going to Area 51? Oh, is he a <laughs> Is he going? Oh is he going to go? What kind of... No, he's not going. Have you had this conversation, though? Have you had the text? I'll change the locks if he goes. (laughs) That's what I want to know. Have you had the conversation where you've told him he's not going? Because that's what I want to know. Has he brought it up? No, he hasn't brought it up. I should ask him. Yeah. I'll ask him and I'll play it on the podcast. Call him right now. Get him on the phone. Say, are you going to Area 51? I got to know if I need divorce. When is that happening? I can't call Listen, him. Listen, it's in, it's like um, September 30th or September 20th because that's supposed to, that's my husband's like 40th birthday is September 23rd and we're supposed to be going on vacation that day and he's telling everybody at work he's taking vacation days to go to Area 51 like <laughs> straight face. He's telling all these and I'm going to I'm going to Area 51. 
any of these days. Do you really think, do you really think that with the amount of speculation, uh, like, I can't believe we're getting into this, but like, the amount of speculation, <laughs> we just swing so wildly between topics. It's like the amount of speculation and the amount of people that have been suspicious about like what's happening inside Area 51 that they haven't, if there is something that they haven't moved it. Or that they don't have. It's definitely security. not there yeah, anymore. Yeah, for sure. Like what, or if it's too big. It's a decoy. If it's too big to move or for whatever reason. Yeah, what if it's like stuck in the ground? They can't get it out. Yeah, I feel like for whatever reason, they've got security. I mean. These idiots that are talking now aren't the first people to try to bust up in there, you know? I mean, maybe this is the first, like, horde that's going after it, but tell Pat if he needs a body, man, let's let's do this. <laughs> so many nerd babies are going to be made that day. Can you text like, him just some and ask excited... him? I, like, I really want to know. Like, can you text him and be like, are you going to go to Area 51? If like, Are you going to storm Area 51 recording the podcast? <laughs> Well, my husband. The girls want to know. My husband said that it's it might be treason to go on Area Fifty One to storm Air. If you, storm, but they can't arrest a million people. If no, they can't. But it might be an act. And it, I think, and this could be completely wrong, but I think he asked me. He's like, "Can't it be treason if you go and try and storm Area Fifty One? I don't know. Are you committing treason? No, it's like it'd be like if you wanted to go storm the state house. You're not like trying to claim it for yourself you know you're just wanting to go see what the fuck's up in there i mean it's probably not uh, allowed <laughs> what the fuck's up in there <laughs> like it's probably not allowed to like to go do it but i feel like it's you know like it's not like you're not going to get deported i wouldn't think over it i mean who knows <laughs> he just sends back nope with with he sent back nope with no e at the end so it just says not <laughs> Oh. oh, he said nope, answer. and then he says, "What's going on?" Area fifty one. Okay, I, know. I bet he doesn't know. Don't tell him, Tessa. Don't tell him about the raid. Just be like, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Don't you worry so... about it. Oh, he's gonna. He's googling now. Raid on Area fifty one. Aw, shit. <laughs> like he's in it now. He's in it to win it. But he, no, he will literally watch. He'll watch Ancient Aliens, and he'll watch all these alien abduction shows, and he'll be like, he'd be like, he'll be like, look. People like these cops. These are like real, legit people. Like they wouldn't lie about this stuff. Oh, I love it. And he'll just like he's obsessed with it. Like he he's like how they build the pyramids. Like he's like structural engineers can't even figure out how they built the pyramids. It had to be aliens. I had a teacher teach it. It's like, really interesting, actually. Yeah, I, he's just super into it, and he's into Pink Floyd as well. Oh. And he doesn't smoke weed. It's crazy, like that somebody <laughs> who is super into aliens and Pink Floyd doesn't even have a weed habit. <laughs> My husband, I mean, at least. my husband's born on 420 and he doesn't smoke weed either. Well, that's a really? waste. So what do you think your hobbies are? What's your... Mine? Both of you. Yeah. What's your hobby? Well, all my free time is being taken up by getting balayages lately. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, in case you're wondering, and you saw me posting about how I was getting my hair done on social media, and then I didn't post any pictures of it, it's because I didn't like it. <laughs> I saw so. it. And you give it a couple days, though. I'll send you the picture I sent Leah. Actually, I deleted it. That's how oh, much I hate it. it. But Hold on. Where's my phone? Hold on. I'm going to send it real time. And I remembered like when she asked me if I liked it, I remembered our conversation on the podcast last week about how just saying how you feel and being honest. And then I immediately was like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Tessa, I'm not going to lie. 
you look like you've been crying in this picture. Well, I don't know what it is, but the tone of this hair makes my fucking nose look like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Like, it, it oh. looks like the record button. It does not. God, you're so, like, I just makes, you're it, so self-damaging. Like, I don't know what your deal is, <laughs> but you don't have to criticize yourself so vehemently. I'm not. Like, I just don't think the hair looks good. It's, I, I like, oh, you know, I liked it this morning. And then you're like, it just lights up my nose like a, like a record button. You think that's a gentle <laughs> thing to say to yourself? Stop this right uh, now. Stop this rhetoric. Okay. Stop fine, it. Fine. Rhetoric. It's rhetoric. God <laughs> damn it. You guys want to play um, uh, a round of plot this book? Yeah. Wait, Mel, did you see the picture? Yeah. I don't see what's... Like, I like the hair. Yeah, no. But... Your nose does look a little bit redder. Are you sure you don't have, like, a sunburn? I think she was and crying. And that's with a filter. She was crying. No, I really the, didn't cry. The hair looks fine, but your nose is redder. It's like you have a sunburn. <laughs> <laughs> Let's discuss it further so, for the next 22 minutes. But there's nothing no, wrong does. with the like, hair. It looks fine. It's it looks cute. cute. It could have just been that my, like, my makeup had worn off for the day. Like, and I have been in the sun a lot. That's it all. It just looks so. like you had, like, yeah, you were out in the sun and your cheeks and nose are red. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But there's nothing wrong with the hair. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Just keep saying this. I'm not a liar. If, I'm, if you ask me, I'll tell you the truth. I get that from my mom. If you ask me if the shirt looks good on you, I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't think there's anything wrong with the hair. I don't either. I thought it was really I think- cute. I think your nose does look like you have a little bit of a sunburn. Put some compact. Well, when I came home, on. when I came home, no, that's fair. It, do, it does look like that. When my I got home from the hair appointment, my mom was here oh, and she's God. a hairdresser. <laughs> oh, no, that's oh, where that's it. Well, I was. That's what I was like. I was. I was like. I'm, I felt like I was walking to the gallows, <laughs> like walking up to my front door, and I was just like, "She's gonna tell me if it looks like shit." So if she gives me any kind of a good reaction, like then it's it's fine. And she was like, "Oh, I love it." She's like, "You should always have some red in your hair. It really makes." your face look more colorful but no i just think she meant my nose (laughs) stop as as i'm just saying it back to myself i'm I'm like oh she said my face looks colorful stop it i mean Uh, no but she she did say she liked it so i feel like i maybe i'm just being i just think i was expecting something else yeah Yeah. or yeah you went in with a different expectation than reality and even though the reality is beautiful it's a different expectation and it was a letdown I don't see anything wrong yeah. with your hair. I don't I just, either. But if you don't love it, you don't love it. And I think you should have been honest. So we're just going to use this <laughs> as another opportunity. <laughs> okay. We're going to yeah. define this as an well, opportunity. Well, I think she's going to, I think she's probably going to figure it out because she follows me on Instagram, the colorist. And I think she's probably going to wonder why I didn't post a picture when I always do. Yeah. So It's definitely more of a coppery orange shade than it is oh my god no no but i think it's more like towards copper than it is towards your pinks you know like the way you've been with your hair before it's been more rosy and i think this time it's more like auburn like in that family mel just sent me a picture mel just sent me a zoomed in picture of my nose no i didn't your daughter Oh my god. I'm taking a picture of your daughter given the eye over oh, your shoulder. Yeah. yeah, who's the creepy eye behind you? It's her daughter. Oh my god. That's what I was sitting at. You like, guys, my daughter wasn't home when I took this picture. You're so Shut cool the fuck it. up. I just got scared. Stop it. It's 11 30. I'm never going to sleep. Just kidding. She was there. Stop it. What daughter? Okay. Let's play a round of. There hasn't been a daughter around these parts for 30 years. 
That's just a nod to our favorite podcast, My Favorite Murder. Okay, so let's play around to plot this book. Okay, so we asked the lady listeners and headquarters for a three, like a, a suggestion of a location, a mood, and an object. And so I have a few of them here, and we're going to plot a book around them. Let's do it. Okay, church, confused, candle. Oh, God. That's tough. Were you prepared for this? Not really. No. <laughs> Don't people go to churches I, and light candles? Yes. Oh, it's Christmas Eve. They're doing a candlelight thing where they go outside and they light the candles and they sing a song. And what was the other part? What was the third thing? I'm going to pretend to be confused. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going <laughs> to pretend I'm Tessa plotting this book. So they're at like if a church because somebody's gone missing. <laughs> You guys can't see me, but I'm like, I'm dying. Oh my God. Oh my God. So what was the third word though? I forgot. And she thinks no, but it's not funny, you guys. It was someone's like younger. Tessa, no. <laughs> someone's no, child. No, stop. You do not get to tell this story. Stop it. Okay. No, I was actually thinking of a priest. Because once you say church, mm-hmm. I think priest. Okay. okay, wait. So you go ahead and continue with I yours. Don't know what the you third say word is. I uh, can- confused. Church oh. confused well, candle. I'm solidly confused. <laughs> so tell okay. Me. I got it. I got mine. Okay. Mine good. Is- I show up to the church because around here, that's where all the pokey stumps are. But everybody's got candles and I don't have one. So I have to use my flashlight as one to blend in to get to the pokey stop. That's all I got. <laughs> and you're confused because the Pokemon that you thought was going to be there is... Is not there. I mean, this But is, you stumble upon a I'm handsome sorry, stranger this is instead. straight up reality and I don't want it. Okay, Tessa, give me fantasy. Go. No, but what if what if she does? What if she shows up to the Pokestop? <laughs> we're a Pokemon this is where we're romance. at. We're doing it. Why not? Going balls deep on it. Let's make it happen. Pokeballs deep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! My daughter's been playing Pokemon, and she got in the card. Nobody's gonna get it except me. <laughs> she was walking in the park. Because <laughs> you walk to hatch your eggs. And she gets in the car and she goes, I'm exhausted. Oh my god, that's so funny. Oh my god. Like, it just makes me laugh so much. It was like, it was the stupidest pun ever, but it was so perfectly timed. Because she was so tired when she got in the car and she was like, I'm exhausted. Okay, sorry. Okay, keep going. (laughs) So instead of the (laughs) instead of the Pokemon that you thought was going to be there, it says the handsome stranger, and he's actually the guy who programs the app, and he's lured you there. And he's like, "I'm going to trade you all these shinies, and it's going to cost you no dust, except a little vagina." Ooh, I like that. Nobody's going to understand any of this. I love it. Let's do that How one. How did we get from church to I Pokemon? I don't know. Because so that's where all the Pokemon are. Church. They're at churches. But what was she- No, I feel like this is what I was, like, my, this is where my, my mind went, was that there was, a like, a young, I like, did you. maybe college student, at, she was, like, with her youth group at a sleepover in the church, and there's a blackout. And she can't find her way back from the bathroom, so she lights a candle, and she's going the wrong direction, but she doesn't realize it, and she ends up in the rectory. The, the young, rectory? sexy priest. Ooh. 
the erectory. Erectory. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there's the name. There's the title. Boom. Done. Solid gold. Next. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is from Jadaris, who we read an email from last week. (laughs) Which you will will know it's from her. A target in the middle of nowhere. A slightly... Slightly drunk waiting for your edibles to kick in. <laughs> and headphones. <laughs> headphones. So a target, what? What was the A Target. Oh, like a store. In the middle oh, of okay. nowhere. A target in the middle of nowhere, waiting for your edibles to kick in. Headphones. Yeah. I think like a billionaire pulls up in a Lamborghini, right? For sure. And you're like a rebellious, like you're rebellious, you're in your ripped jean shorts, you're like maybe holding a skateboard. I don't know how old you're <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And he takes the end and you're like, yeah, I'm doing these edibles. And he's like, those are fucking gummy bears. Dumb, dumb. <laughs> Somebody dumb ripped you off. I know, somebody sold them to her for Somebody lied bucks. to you. Yeah. She's like, Damn it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, she's, no, she's of age. She's on the side of the road. A, a Lamborghini pulls up. She thinks she's dreaming because of the edibles. She's like, oh my God, my edibles have definitely Ooh. kicked in. So she thinks she's dreaming. And she's like, well, like, I, I can't, it can't hurt to like entertain this you know and like flirt with the sky a little bit like which is outside of her comfort zone because she's normally like a tomboy and she works at target and so like she's just not used to like i don't know i like this what? one she's not do you like yeah, it i like that I'd get down with it i think she's waiting at the bus she's like waiting at the bus stop after her shift i like that yeah yeah how does he know she's there like what's he doing there what's is he, he on his way to something He's like, what the hell is that? What if he owns Target, like the whole corporation? <laughs> and he's been he's been watching her he's through been the cameras. Calls from authors, you, know you have been hanging are. out with us. You've been hanging out with us a lot. <laughs> no, it's so, so horrible. <laughs> what if he owns them all? Remember, remember the woman that was like, I only I don't oh, write. Rich I only write blue collar guys. Yeah, sorry guys, I, I don't write rich heroes. What if he now owns Target? <laughs> Well, this is the thing is like, I'm a people pleaser. So I'm trying to make, I'm totally tailoring the story to, to please okay. you because I want to get a good All reaction. All I want to know is yeah. where is my bowling story? Because that one I need you to tailor for me. All right. I will. Okay. Let's see. Here's the next one. Uh, Savannah is the location. Savannah, Georgia. Anxious and Tombstone. Oh, I got it. <laughs> okay. So this girl read the book, Midnight Garden of Good and Evil. And she's like, I'm going to go retrace the steps from this book from where the movie was made. And so she's going through it. And then she goes through one of the graveyards. And while she's there, there is a funeral that's taking place. And she sees, like, this guy that's off to the side. And he looks kind of scary. And he tells her to get out of there. And maybe, what if he's, like, in a mob or something? And it's, like, a mob funeral. And he's there, like, security or something. And he thinks, like, she's a spy that's, like, come from, like, the other, like, mob or something. The other, like, cartel in town. And, and he won't, she won't tell him what she's doing because she's embarrassed? Yes. That she's, so like, he... following a movie set. Yes. <laughs> and so he's super suspicious because she won't say what she's doing. Yes. Oh, I like this. She's like, I'm uh, desecrating a grave. Why? <laughs> I'm here for the funeral. I mean, I'm just, I'm here for this. He's like, I don't know. You get out of here or something like that. It Who just reminds, it just reminds, sorry, no, no. I'm totally No, I like you. it. Go for Go. it. Go. No, I'm just laughing because like Jim Gaffigan, you know, that yeah, comedian. Yeah, I love him. He, he was talking about how like people, <laughs> like it's the worst thing in the world to get, get caught by someone you know at McDonald's. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you'll be like at McDonald's and you'll be like, I'm here to meet a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> because that's better as opposed to like how many chicken nuggets you're about to order. Yeah. So <laughs> she's so she's God. she's lying and saying she's she's desecrating a grave instead of being on the midnight of guard uh, midnight the, in the garden yeah. of good and evil. Tour. Can I point yeah. something out while we're talking about McDonald's <clears throat> that pissed me off that happened recently? Yes. I go to McDonald's and they've redone it. It's all fancy, right? And I put my order and I'm like, they got this fancy screen. And then my order like flies up on this giant screen. I'm yep. like, my screen of shame. Don't what like the it. Fuck? They, they blast your shame for everyone in the drive through to see now. No. It is so upsetting. It almost makes me want to stop going there, but not enough to stop going the there. The first time it happened, I was like, holy fuck, just tell everybody. That's fun, guys. I got a Diet Coke. Did you see that? <laughs> I added the Diet One time, guys. Oh. Yeah, it's 14 apple pies and a Diet yeah, Coke. I'm being good. <laughs> oh, I I just remember this one time at Ann Taylor Loft when I was like 19, like asking a woman for one of the sales girls for a size, a size 14. And then but, but like at a time when I was super self-conscious yeah. of my body. And like 14 is nothing to be... It's ashamed of. Yeah. It's like a normal sized person. Yeah. Any size is a normal sized person, but like you know what I mean. Yeah. So I so she yelled it across the store, and I just remember like crawling <gasps> no! under a rack. Oh, did she really? She's like, did you say size fourteen? But like any size, like that you you shouldn't oh, really yell anybody's no. size across any store. Oh, that's and so I just remember shocking. diving behind a rack and just being like, who? no, who? that wasn't that, me. That wasn't me over here with these size. <laughs> uh, like who would do something oh, like that? That's so yeah. Do we finish the story? What happens? Uh, you don't. He's need, in the graveyard. I'm gonna, we're gonna write think, it. Don't worry. About I know. It. I was like, I think we're gonna write. This yeah, we're gonna write that. Long. Okay. So who sent that one in? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost midnight, guys. <laughs> you know, my husband is sitting outside of this place. What's he doing? He's just sitting in his jeep. I don't know. Watching me. Mine's probably in bed on the other being side a, of this door. I'm in my proper- closet. He's being a proper AR hero. Oh, yeah. He's waiting on you. Are his headlights on with steam rolling across them? And all you see is his eyes peeking out of the shadows. No, he's got his tracker on. He can see her. He's waiting. That's an (laughs) AR hero right there. I love it. That's really cute. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Tia Louise before we play the final installment of Plumbing the Virgin. Let's do it. She has... I, I picked out the ones I thought would would be the most appealing to our listeners and one of her books that's on Kindle Unlimited and it's called Make Me Yours. Here's the blurb. He's a billionaire single dad who needs help. She's a sassy single gal who needs work. Live in nanny? What could go wrong? Remington Key. I left the Navy, scored a billion in tech, got married and had a baby. I did everything by the book. Happily ever after, right? Fast forward four years and I'm alone raising my daughter, caring for my mother-in-law and trying to keep my stuff together. How did this happen? I was clearly drunk the night I offered a gorgeous girl in a bar $500 to a day to be my live-in nanny. Or maybe it was my dick talking. So what if I've been alone since forever? I'm focused on launching my new business, not betting the sexy siren who sleeps down the hall. At least that's what I keep reminding myself. Whoa. Yeah. It's a, a standalone contemporary romantic comedy. No cheating, no cliffhangers. I like so. that. I like it a lot. Definitely go grab yes. that up. You are marketing to the right group here, lady. Yes, you are. I love single dad books. And I love nanny books. God. That's Ooh. another porn thing I Google oh, a lot. Oh, God, yes. Why haven't we written a nanny book like that? Like a... I haven't either. I need to write a nanny book. Well, we book. have one that's... 
I'm shocked you guys well, haven't written one. Because we don't like our our heroes to have kids so with the other women. So the marriage material was, like, if you've seen the movie Baby Boom, it's like reverse Baby Boom. So the, the one with Diane Keaton, like, back in the day, she has, like, a cousin that passes away and she's left with a baby. And so she moves out to the country yeah. and falls in love with the vet. So that's kind of what the, happens in our book. This guy has, like, a distant cousin that has a kid. And the cousin dies, so he gets the kid, and so he moves out to the country, and he has to hire a nanny, and that's how they fall in love. So he's kind of like a single dad, but he's still a virgin, or I don't, I don't remember if he was a virgin, but he just, he was like, he didn't have any previous relationships. So then she was the nanny. So that's basically like the one story that we did, because we, somebody asked us for a single dad when we did our Alexa in Wonderland event in Jersey last year, we pulled the group and we were like, what do you want to see more of from us? You know, like, let us know what you want to, you want to read. And so we're like, if we like it, we'll write it. And so somebody was like a single dad and we're like, you know, we've always said we could take any story and make it Alexa. How can we make this book fit our Alexa brand? Like, how can we write this story to where we, we want to read it, you know? And that was the one way around it. We're like, okay, yes. <laughs> so he inherits a child. Go. Yeah. Actually, I'm writing I'm writing a book where a guy uh, inherits, well, it's the final book in the Hot and Hammered series that starts with Fixer Up. Oh yeah. So I'm writing I'm writing the final book right now and he's like a 24-year-old Texas guy, like a good old boy who is like a rodeo rider and a stuntman and he has no like he's just like lived without responsibility, but then his foster sister like cuts out on her, you know, like she needs someone to come raise her kid. Oh wow. He come he just shows up he shows up and does it. And so he's like this 24, and then his love interest is an older woman. Ooh. Yeah. Sexy. I'm really, it's really, it's juicy, but they like, they're kind of like at each other's throats because he's like teasing her about being older and she teases him about being younger. She's only 30. I mean, Yeah, fuck's sake, I know, right? But, but anyways, that's what I'm writing right now. I don't even have a title for it. Oh, well, good thing you plugged it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be out in 2035. No, no, so no big deal, guys. Get ready. Okay, let's go ahead and play the final installment of Plumbing the Virgin by Tia Louise, and we'll talk to you guys on the other side. Enjoy. Bye. Bye. Part three. Milkshake. Donna. Liam is the sexiest man I've ever seen. I'd never really questioned my mama's warnings when it came to boys until he showed up in town a year ago. He's six foot two inches of thick muscles, floppy brown hair, and a dark, close-cut beard. He has big, strong hands, and his brown eyes are attentive and curious. Sometimes I catch them on me, watching me with such intensity my panties flood with heat. Ms. Roxy is right. Liam doesn't wear tight jeans, but if you look, you can see the obvious bulge hidden up front. When we first started dating, it made my heart flutter and my hands shake. I'm a virgin, of course. I've only treated that area of my body as an exit, never an entrance. I don't even use tampons during my period. Not that anybody's ever tried getting in my pants. Heck, nobody's ever looked twice at me around this town. I'm just a skinny little country girl with a crazy mama who doesn't even wear makeup. I'm not a bad girl. 
Tabby Green says the label of bad girl is this town's small-minded attempt to control us. Tabby likes being called a bad girl. I don't know about that. All I know is I never even thought about tempting my mama's wrath or the town's gossip mill until I saw Liam. Now I'm lying in his bed, and I don't remember how I got here. One minute I was in Roxy Philpott's kitchen, holding a paper cup of pink punch in one hand and a peeled banana in the other. She was directing me how to lick my tongue all around the tip. That's right, she said. Flicker your tongue just like you would around the chocolate coating of one of those dip cones. I usually bite into a chocolate dip cone, but I didn't tell her that. I don't have to be told biting a penis probably isn't the best approach. Now, see how far you can take it down your throat without gagging. She'd held my hand and we'd carefully inserted it further, further, until my fist was touching my lips. Miss Betty's eyes went so round, and Daisy laughed out loud. Miss Roxy said I'd have been the most popular girl in high school if I'd discovered this skill earlier. I wasn't sure what was so funny, but they all packed me into Daisy's car. The last thing I remember is climbing out of the front seat and walking across the lawn to the house Liam says he's fixing up for us. I do remember kissing my sexy man. I love kissing Liam. He holds me like I'm his anchor to the world. He kisses me so hard and deep, my whole body is on fire. That punch had me ready to throw caution and my panties to the wind. That must have been when I blacked out. Now I'm lying in the pale dawn in my bra and panties, and Liam's lying on his back beside me, shirtless. Rubbing my thighs together, I can tell we didn't have sex. Touching my lips, I can tell I didn't suck him off. It makes me feel like a failure. I'd wanted to show him how much I love him. Lifting the covers, I open my squinted eyes to see he's wearing boxer briefs, but that bulge has changed. It's not a lump anymore. It's a steel rod, and it's pushing up against the fabric. Lowering the blanket, I check to see he's still asleep. His breath is slow and rhythmic, loud, but not really snoring. I never grew up with a man in the house, but I kind of like the noise of his sleeping. It's comforting. My lips press together, and I think about what Ms. Roxy said. I think about what my mama said. I think about the Bible. As far as I know, and trust me, my mama hammered a lot into my head, not to mention what the dirty old church lady showed me. I don't think it says anything about what I'm about to do to my man. Moving closer to him, I burrowed down beneath the sheets, getting right between his thighs. Carefully, I lift the side of his briefs and gently lower them. His massive cock springs free, and for a moment, I study it. It's way bigger than Ms. Roxy's banana. Still, the technique is the same. Licking my lips, I put my hand around the shaft. My fingers don't meet when I grasp it. Liam is thick and long, and when I hold him, he makes a low groaning noise. I freeze and lift my head, but his breathing levels out to that near snore again. 
Lowering onto my feet, I place one hand on his waist, near where that luscious line of muscle creates a V that disappears into his pants. Then I begin. The tip of Liam's penis has a thick ridge around it, and I flicker my tongue all over it like I was told to do. I run my tongue along the edge before moving to the top and pulling just the tip between my lips. Liam groans louder and his hips move. He's waking up, but I'm not stopping. I'm in the zone, and I don't want to lose my focus. Working faster, I slide my hand to the base of his shaft before lowering my mouth even more, sucking firmly all around his cock, being careful not to use my teeth. Oh, fuck. Oh, Donna. Liam's groans sound desperate and needy. Donna, what are you doing? At once, the blankets are gone. Large hands grasp the sides of my head, and he starts to sit up. Still, he doesn't try to push me away. That's good because I'm not letting go. I'm on him like a hoover, pumping and sucking. His hips jerk and buck beneath my hand. Donna, oh fuck yeah. His voice is ragged. Are you sure? It's not really a question. His dick is like a hot lollipop in my mouth. It's thick and veiny, and my eyes glance up to see the muscles in his stomach jerk and quiver. His moans are so enthralled, I suddenly feel very powerful. I think about the rudder of a ship. It's so small, but it controls a massive vessel. It's just like my mouth on Liam's cock. He's completely at my mercy. The thought makes me grin, and my teeth graze his shaft. He lets out a loud, oh, and I pop off, pumping my hand and looking up at him. Sorry, I gasp, blinking away the moisture from my eyes. His face is haggard, eyes pleading. It's like he's fighting an internal battle. Donna, what are you doing to me? His voice is so helpless, I love it. Don't you know? Did I just say that? I sound like a sex kitten. Maybe I am a bad girl. Bending down, I pull him into my mouth again, and he groans a deep, loud yes. I taste salt on his tip. Ms. Roxy said when that happens, it's time to do my trick. Rising onto my knees, I slowly lower my face all the way to his stomach, feeling his dick against my tonsils. Then I add what she called the secret weapon. Using the tips of my fingers and my nails, I tickle and scratch his hardened balls. Oh, fuck, fuck. Liam yells so loud, I'm glad he doesn't have close neighbors. His ass jerks and he pumps his hips hard, hitting the back of my throat again and again and filling my mouth with warm, hot liquid. Think of it like a milkshake and drink it down, Ms. Roxy said, and I do just that. I hold on to his bucking hips, keeping my face pressed against his skin and swallow until every muscle in his body tenses. His hips shudder, and he collapses back on the bed. That's when I come off and sit up on my feet to see what I've done. His sexy body is covered in a sheen of sweat, 
and he's shaking and breathing hard. When he looks at me, his big brown eyes are filled with wonder. I'm filled with wonder. I wonder what he's about to say. Part Four The Story of Onan Liam One minute I'm asleep in bed, dreaming of digging trenches and ordering guys around. The next, I'm waking up to warm, hot wetness all around my cock. It's been so long since I've had a non-solo orgasm. It takes me a second to understand what's happening. Soft hair touches my thighs. A warm hand holds my hip bone. And pleasure is radiating from my morning wood through my pelvis out into my ass and down my legs. Donna is on my tip, sucking and pumping like she's having her first meal in a year. She's sucking me so good, or maybe I'm just so damn desperate I'm completely at her mercy. And she's not stopping. She pops off me, and she looks like a sex kitten. Her eyes are watery, and her mouth is red and slick. She's like a vision pumping my shaft hard. Her bra is gone, and her little tits bounce as she watches me. What are you doing? After all our conversations, after all her refusals, I have no idea what changed. Don't you know? Her pale blue eyes darken, and her voice, I don't even recognize that sexy tone. Just like that, she's back on my dick, licking and sucking like it's the last dip cone on the planet. I fall back on the bed, unsure if I should push her away, make sure this is what she wants. Then she fucking blows my mind. Donna deep throats me. I look down, and her blonde hair is all I see, but what I feel. Her throat closes around my tip. Her fingers move to my balls, and she's tickling me. Fuck! My scalp tightens, and my eyes squeeze shut. I can't stop the guttural yell coming from my lungs as I shoot down her throat over and over. She's between my legs, making me come so hard I hope I don't pass out. I jerk and thrust. I don't want to bruise her, but I can't stop myself. I've spent a year of dreaming about her with only my hand for comfort. Now, her hot little mouth is the next best thing to her juicy little pussy. And damn if she hasn't stirred the beast inside me with this wake-up call. I'm lying on my back coming down, and she's sitting up studying me. Where did you learn to do that? My voice is ragged. Her brow furrows, and she tilts her head to the side like she's solving a mental math problem. Her hair is over her shoulders, covering her cute little breasts. Still, I can make out her dark nipples pointing to the sky. She's so damn cute. I'm feeling pretty damn good about putting that ring on her finger. 
I want to roll those beaded nipples between my fingers, bite and suck them. I want to bury my face between her thighs and make her scream my name. All my poetry flew away on that blowjob, and I'm pure animal need now. Last night at the party, I got to thinking. You've been a really good boyfriend. You've been so patient, and you gave me this beautiful ring. She looks down and tilts her hand to the side. I wanted to do something for you. Last night, you'd had a little too much to drink. Her lips curl into a frown. You're right. That's not why I wanted to do it. But it did make me tell them my plan. I guess I'm glad. Miss Roxy showed me exactly what to do. I don't want to think about that pink-haired old lady. Instead, I reach out and pull my girl to me. Her soft tits flatten against my hard chest, and I feel her heart beat faster. So you've never done that before? I was pretty sure she was a total virgin, but the way she sucked my dick. Only on a banana. Lucky fruit, I mutter, and she laughs, her warm breath a whisper on my skin. Does this mean you'll let me have you? A sudden gasp stops me. Her body stiffens in my arms, and she sits up, pushing away. I don't know if it's safe. Worry lines her brow, and her blue eyes blink fast. The Bible doesn't say anything about blowjobs, so that's why... Safe from what, Dee? I slide my finger along her temple, moving a strand of hair behind her ear. As close as we've gotten to this topic, she's always shied away from really talking to me about it. She's never told me why. Of course, I never pushed her. I'm not a dick. Pink blooms in her cheeks, and she looks down at her lap. The Bible is very clear about sleeping with a man before marriage. They used to stone women to death for doing it. That was a long time ago. My mama said they don't stone women anymore, but God has his ways of punishing us. Anger burns in my chest. The more I learn about how she grew up, the more I have to work on not kidnapping her from that house and bringing her here to live full time. We're getting there. How did she say God might punish you? No. The tone of her voice tells me she's hiding something. Hey. I reach out and touch her chin, lifting those worried eyes to mine. You know how I feel about you, Donna. I love you. Mist fills her expression. I love you. It's why I can't take that chance again. Not when we're so close. Will you tell me what happened? She swallows loudly and sits back, 
wrapping the sheet over her chest and pinning it under her arms. Well, it was a long time ago, when I was in 10th grade. You were 15? She nods. We had our very first church camp, because we had enough kids to have a youth group. It hasn't happened since. Okay. Emberly was there, and Tabby. I went, and there was this boy, Tommy Newton. His parents had moved here from Charleston. I already don't like Tommy. What did he do? Oh, he didn't do anything to me. Nothing I didn't want him to do. Her chin drops, and she looks at her hands. We were alone in the lodge. It was this big, open-air space where we'd meet for our church services. She cringes so hard I reach out to smooth my hand down her upper arm. It's okay, baby. It's not happening now. Did he hurt you? She shakes her head no. He was really cute, and I really wanted to kiss him. He wanted to kiss me too, which was totally unexpected. You know I don't like you saying shit like that. Warmth replaces the fear in her eyes. You're the only guy who's ever told me I was beautiful. Because those other assholes are blind. Her nose wrinkles, and she looks down again. Well, he kissed me. Then he touched our tongues together, and while it was happening, I noticed something hard pressing against my thigh. Fifteen-year-old fucker got an erection. Of course he did. Did he try to... I asked him if I could touch it. I was very curious. I bet she was. The way she sat back on her feet and looked at me like a sex kitten right before she swallowed my cock. I'm pretty confident Donna White will be a demon in the sheets once she gets over this fear. You touched him? He wasn't big. Not like you. Red stains her cheeks, and she grins. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. So, what happened? It was so interesting. Hard and soft at the same time. I was fascinated. I wrapped my fingers around him and pulled it. I did it again, and he moaned and squirted all over my cutoffs. I coughed to cover my laughter. Donna's being serious, but this is funny as shit. So he was a two-pump chump? When her gaze meets mine again, she's terrified. Six months later, he died. What? My eyes widen in disbelief. Yes, he was in some freak tractor accident and he was killed. Shit. I feel bad for my thoughts about the kid. That's rough. 
Donna leans forward and whispers. It's because of what we did in that church. We wasted his seed on the ground like Onan, and God killed him. What the hell? I feel like cold water's been splashed in my face. First, I don't know any story about God killing a guy for jizzing on the ground. Oh, it's in there. Second, are you saying that's why you won't have sex with me? I can't risk losing you. It would break my heart. She reaches out and places a trembling hand on my cheek. We're so close to getting married. Leaning back, I exhale heavily. Donna, look at me. She blinks those big blue eyes at me, and I swear to God, I love this crazy woman. That is not why Tommy died. It was a freak accident. My mama said there are no freak accidents. She said he must have done something sinful. Donna's chin dropped. I knew what he'd done. Pressing my lips into a frown, I study her face. Why didn't God do anything to you? She shrugs. God never does anything to the women. Well, I guess he turned Lot's wife to a pillar of salt, but that's because she looked back at Sodom. Hey, look at me. I place my palm on her cheek. Do you trust me? Yes. Her face relaxes, and she even smiles. You're the first man I've ever trusted. You're the first man I've ever loved. I can't wait to be your wife. Then trust me when I tell you this. Your mama is wrong. God doesn't punish people like that for doing what comes naturally. But what about the Bible? Will you do something for me? She gives me a sweet smile. I'd do anything for you. Cupping her cheek in my hand, I slide my thumb along her jaw, thinking about all the things I want to do to her. Will you talk to one of the other ladies in your Sunday school group about this? Like, to get a second opinion on the matter? Like Miss Betty Pepper? Sure. Or anybody you feel comfortable talking to about it. You want me to do it so we can have sex? I want you to do it so you'll stop thinking you caused that boy's death. Her lips press into a frown. Maybe God didn't punish me because touching his penis wasn't my idea. Although, I did get kind of carried away. God didn't punish you at all. It was just something tragic that happened. I hope you're right. Will you at least talk to somebody for your own peace of mind? She takes a breath and nods. I'll do it for you. Leaning forward, I kiss her softly. I've got to get to work. Let's talk about this tonight. Come here for dinner at six. She nods, and I don't miss how her eyes study me 
as I move around the room. Don't worry, little sex kitten. We're going to set you free. Part 5 Sex Kitten Donna Sitting at my desk in the back of Betty Pepper's store, my mind keeps wandering to my conversation this morning with Liam. How late did you stay up after I left? Miss Betty's sharp voice jolts me out of my daydream. Not too late. Daisy gave me a ride. I don't finish that sentence. I've worked as Betty Pepper's assistant since I was 16, and she's like a grandmother to me. She can be body and risque, but she supports my mother as far as keeping me on the straight and narrow goes. She'd have a cow if she knew what Ms. Roxy taught me to do, or what a good student I am. It gives me an idea. Ms. Betty, I was thinking about Tommy Newton last night. Tommy Newton. My goodness, Donna, what on earth made you think of him? That poor child. She shakes her gray head. Tragic. Mama said God had punished him for doing something bad, something sexual, like in the Bible when God killed Onan for spilling his seed on the ground. Betty's head jerks back and she frowns at me. That's very specific. It's just the first thing that popped in my mind. I'm doing my best to act innocent. Do you think Tommy deserved what happened to him? I don't mean to speak ill of your mother. Losing her father really messed with her head. She did her best, but even your dad couldn't reason with her. Yes. My dad moved to Charleston and never came back. I can't let that distract me. Do you think it was like one of those Bible stories? Her lips press into a thin line, and I'm afraid she's not going to give me any peace of mind until she speaks. My daddy taught me certain Bible stories are meant to be allegorical. We're not supposed to take them literally. We need to examine the motives behind the events of the story. For example, do you know what really happened with Onan? I shake my head no. God told him to sleep with his dead brother's wife to give her an heir, someone to take care of her. Onan didn't want to do what God said. He only wanted his own children. Relief like warm water rushes through my veins. So he was disobedient. It wasn't because he had sex. It was because he didn't have sex. Miss Betty's lips poke out and she studies me close. Are you feeling okay? Need a dose of mineral oil? I have to go. Jumping up from my desk, I dig around in my purse for my phone as I race to my parked car. Liam Walsh appears on the screen, and I quickly send him a text. Meet me at the house, 911. I'm hot and breathless and nervous and excited all at the same time. It takes less than a minute to get to Liam's house, and I drive my car around back, away from the street so no one will see it. Inside, I walk around the kitchen, shaking my hands. I feel like seven years of guilt have been lifted off my shoulders. The rumble of a pickup is followed closely by the noise of a door slamming. Donna? Liam shouts. He sounds worried. I'm in the kitchen. My heart is pounding in my chest, and I do my best to calm my breathing. 
He races into the room. What's wrong? Are you okay? You texted 911. It wasn't my fault. Rushing to meet him at the door, I catch his arm. Betty Pepper said Onan was disobedient. God told him to have sex with his brother's wife and he didn't do it. That's why God killed him. Liam's brow furrows. That's in the Bible? Did you hear what I said? It's not my fault. I didn't kill Tommy Newton. Jumping forward, I throw my arms around my fiance's neck. His large hands slide up and down my waist before holding me and moving me back. You really thought he died because you touched his dick? Sort of. I'm embarrassed to admit I so totally believed it. But you touched my cock this morning. A glint of teasing is in his eyes. You had it all in your mouth, down your throat, licking it like a dip cone. Weren't you worried God might strike me dead? It's a valid point. I was not. Heat floods my cheeks. I guess I got drunk and super horny last night. That doesn't explain this morning. I guess God knows how good you are? That does it. He catches me around the waist and lifts me off the floor, tossing me over his shoulder. I'm not so good, and I'm having you right now. Liam, I squeal, but I can't help laughing. You're such a caveman. You bet I am. It's an aggressive growl that ignites my panties, and I want my mountain of a sexy-assed plumber to snake my drain immediately. When my butt hits the bed, I look up to see hot hunger in his eyes. The bulge in his jeans is a pointed rod, and I won't be making excuses or telling him to wait this time. Lie back, he orders. I hesitate, and he places a knee on the bed beside me. Now. His expression is hot, and I slowly lie back, a knot tightening in my throat. Large palms slide up the outside of my thighs, and my original fear springs to life. Monster cock, meat virgin vagina. Long fingers hook in the sides of my white lace panties, and he quickly removes them, tossing them aside. Cool air touches my most sensitive parts as he spreads my thighs and drops to his knees. You look good enough to eat. It's a low rumble. Liam? My voice is small, nervous, and my thighs jump with the first pass of his tongue up and down my pussy. Oh my God. It's soft and warm, firm and insistent, and my back arches off the bed. It feels amazing. His tongue moves faster, up and down, focusing directly on my clitoris. I've never had so much concentrated attention on that one spot, and I feel the slick wetness flooding between my legs. Liam, Liam, I'm chanting, grabbing his hair and pulling him closer. Pleasure twists in my lower stomach so fast and tight, I'm afraid I'm going to splinter into a million pieces. The orgasms grow tighter. Oh God, I've never felt anything like this. It's like pressure and tingling and riding a roller coaster all the way to the highest height. I'm right on the edge, 
and when his tongue crosses my clit again, I fly over the top, free-falling into bliss, screaming and shuddering as I come apart. He licks me top to bottom, and I have to pull away. It's too much sensation. As I do, I feel the wetness like a flood between my thighs. I've never been this slippery. What's happening? I sit up, still trembling with sensation. Your body's ready for me. Liam stands, unzipping his jeans and shoving them down, allowing his massive erection to spring free. You're wet so I can slide inside you. I watch as he pulls out a condom and puts it in his teeth, before sitting on the bed and scooping me onto his lap. The cool skin of my thighs is against the warm skin of his stomach. He takes the condom out of his mouth and leans forward, pressing a kiss against my neck. His hands lift my dress over my head, but fear is rising with my hemline, canceling out the bliss I was just swimming in. Hang on, I whisper as my dress goes away. He reaches around my back, and my bra is off just as fast. I'm sitting naked in his arms, and he's working with the condom. Liam, wait, just give me a second. But he doesn't slow down. The condom is on, and he moves me closer against his body. Liam, are you listening to me? Finally, he pauses, molten eyes meeting mine. What? I just... I'm feeling nervous. A smile curls his lips, and he cups my face in his hands, kissing me slow and sensual, pushing my lips apart with his and sweeping his tongue inside to find mine. It's a good kiss, the kind of Liam kiss I love, and I hold his cheeks, meeting his tongue, curling mine with his, tasting myself in his mouth. I do my best, to make my body relax, to think about how much I want him. But when he rolls us onto my back, I tense up again. Hang on, wait. My hands are on his shoulders, but he kisses my neck, reaching down to spread my thighs even wider. Open your legs for me. My eyes heat, and my voice strangles. Liam, I'm afraid. Don't hurt me. He lifts his chin and looks straight into my eyes. Donna, look at me. I do as he says, holding his determined gaze with mine. It's going to hurt, but I'm doing my best to make it hurt as little as possible, okay? My stomach is tight, and I feel the tip of his cock pressing at my entrance. His chin drops, and his face moves into my hair into the space just behind my ear that causes chills to skitter down my arms and legs. Hold on to me now. I tighten my hold on his shoulders, and he pushes into me with one fluid movement. Oh, fuck. His words fall somewhere between a hiss and a groan, and my face contorts with the tearing sensation inside me. It's not like ripping off a Band-Aid, it's like ripping off skin. Oh shit, Donna, you're so tight. He's breathing hard in my ear, and I'm gripping him as hard as I can while I wait for the pain to ease. 
I have to move now. Slowly, his back arches, sliding his cock out, then thrusting it inside me once more. Ah, uh, I whimper, and he does it again. And again. Oh, fuck me. His pace picks up, and the pain diminishes. He continues thrusting, and the pain disappears entirely. My eyes are squeezed shut, and I listen to his groans as he chases his release. I remember my own orgasm just minutes ago, and the noises he makes awakens the heat inside me. So fucking good. He thrusts faster, deeper. Something starts to change as the ridges of his cock massage my insides. Heat begins to rise in my pelvis. Wetness slicks his movements, and a driving need takes over in me. My hips start to rock, to meet his. I'm chasing after a feeling, a freefall just out of reach. Oh, yes, I gasp, writhing in his arms. He lifts his head, smiling down on my face before covering my mouth with his and kissing me hard. That's my girl, my little sex kitten. Liam! That flying sensation is between my legs again. It's almost like I have to pee, but actually totally different. Come, Donna, he hisses in my ear, and I let go, letting the orgasm take me. Come for me again. And I do. My body shudders, and I feel him pulsing, filling the condom, jerking and coming in my body the way he jerked and came in my mouth. Only this time, I'm wrapped in his arms. Our chests are pressed together, sweat slicking both our bodies. We hold on to each other as we grind our hips together, flying past galaxies, soaring through space before floating down like stars to the ocean. When I open my eyes, I realize I dozed. Liam is sitting on the side of the bed, dressed in his canvas work shirt and jeans, stepping into his boots. He sees me awake and smiles. Hey, pretty girl. I hold the sheet as I sit up, letting it fall when I wrap my arms around his shoulders. Hey, my sexy husband. Not yet. He whispers, holding me, kissing my arms so tenderly. Just a few more weeks. You going back to work? Yeah, we're installing a new line. I need to be there to oversee it. I make a little pouty face, and he kisses my bottom lip. You rest. I'll be back before you know it. He stands, and I admire his ass in those jeans. I love you. Reaching back, he touches my cheek. I love you. The rest of the day, I spend cleaning up. I remembered too late I'd bleed, and now we need new sheets. I climb in the shower and wash away the smells of sex. I look out the window of this pretty place, at the large oak tree in the front yard and the porch that wraps all the way around the house. When Liam moved here last year, he was just a worker like the guys he supervises now. He's so smart, he moved quickly to being his own boss, running his own crew on the high-rises and million-dollar homes going up down by the coast. He bought this old place from the county, 
The previous owner had died and it had been left to deteriorate, but Liam knows how to fix anything. For the last eight months, he's been replacing boards, painting, fixing the roof. He told me it was our home the night he proposed. He told me every fixture, light switch, stroke of paint was for me. Now I love this old place too. One of his little notebooks is on the counter by the sink, and I open the cover. Between the diagrams of houses and the measurements of pipe, I see phrases. Hair like corn silk, eyes like a coming storm. When she opens to me, it'll be a lightning strike, an end and a beginning, an old life gone, the start of something new. The last line has been erased and rewritten several times, and as I read it, I realize my man is a poet. A flutter fills my stomach like a little fish caught in my middle, and I smile, letting its warmth fill my veins. More time passes. I walk through the quiet house, watching the shadows grow, waiting for him to reappear. I sit on the couch and lean my head to the side, thinking of how groundbreaking this day has been, how I wish we were married now. The light is gone when I open my eyes again. I'm still alone, but my phone is buzzing and lighting up on my leg. Liam? I call out loud, but there's no answer. The house is empty. Picking up my phone, I rub my eyes as I read the words. It's a text from Daisy. Where are you? Text me back. 911. Sitting straighter, I quickly tap out a reply. I'm at my house. My house with Liam. Our house. She replies immediately. I'm coming to get you. Her last words stop my heart. Liam's been hurt. Part six. Life. Donna. In the darkness of the hospital chapel, I fall on my knees to pray. Please, God, please. They're the only words I know to say. Over and over. I repeat them silently, under my breath, as a whisper. Daisy brought me here, but my mama came an hour later to pick me up. She didn't think it was right for me to be spending the night alone at the hospital. She took one look at me curled her lip as if she could see right through me, and left, telling me not to bother coming home. I've never worn makeup, so it's not like I'm smudged or must. I combed my hair while I waited for Daisy. Maybe I move differently now that I've had sex. I definitely feel more relaxed. Whatever it was, she knew. She judged me and cast me out. It would make me indescribably happy, if it weren't for Liam lying in a hospital bed unconscious. One of the workers said they were lifting a culvert when it broke free, swinging around and hitting a piece of scaffolding that would have landed slap on a pedestrian if Liam hadn't pushed the kid out of the way. Instead, it hit him right in the head. Now he's unconscious. The doctors say it's a concussion. They say they don't see any signs of brain swelling or injury, Still, he won't wake up. Sitting here in the darkness, I beg God, 
Please don't punish me again. I know everyone said I'm not responsible for what happened to Tommy, but now, after this eventful day, I can't help feeling like this is my fault. I don't realize I'm crying until a hand touches my shoulder, and I blink. Two tears hit my cheeks. Donna? It's Daisy. I've been looking for you everywhere. Why are you sitting here alone in the dark? I straighten, sniffing and wiping my eyes. I was just praying. She puts an arm around my shoulder, hugging me close. Ember said she'd keep an eye on Melody for me for a few hours so I could sit with you. Hopefully we'll have some good news soon. A sob shudders through my shoulders, and I can't stop a little squeak from coming out. Donna. Daisy hugs me tighter. He's going to be okay. The doctors found no internal injuries. Why are you crying? It's all my fault. God is punishing me. A sharp elbow hits my side. So you did it? Last night? No. My voice is little better than a wail. He wouldn't touch me last night. He said I was drunk. I poured enough alcohol in you so you wouldn't come back a virgin. I should have expected Liam to be a gentleman. Nodding, I sniff again. He was a gentleman. He only kissed me, then put me in bed beside him. Then why are you blaming yourself for this? Her eyebrow arches and she gives me a knowing look. Morning wood strikes again. I did it just like Roxy told me. I did it just right. Well, good for you, and Liam. Not good, now he's in a coma. I don't know what I'll do if he dies. Covering my eyes with my hands, I let out a low moan. Mama was right, I should have waited. Stop it. She rubs my back, shoving a tissue under my nose. Liam is not going to die. I'm sorry, Dee, but your mama is a nut job. It happened before. It happened when I touched Tommy Newton. Tommy Newton? Her brow furrows and she thinks. You mean the kid who had the tractor accident? I nod, but she shakes her head. That was definitely not your fault. I think they found out later he'd been drinking. I'm not sure that makes a difference, but I fall quiet. I can't argue with her. We sit in silence for a little while, gazing at the spotlight on the body of Christ hanging from the cross. A fountain is hidden somewhere, and the noise of running water is a soothing sound. It mixes with the soft tune of a pan flute, and my mind drifts to the words Liam wrote in that little notebook. I think about him rushing to save a pedestrian at the risk of his own safety. Liam is the best guy I've ever known. My voice is quiet, like a prayer. He's quiet, but he always listens to me when I talk. I can tell him everything. What I want to be, what I think about the town, what I think about the sky. The sky? A smile is in her voice. I just mean I can tell him things I never tell anyone else. Truth be told, you don't say much most days. I can say it to him. You're really lucky. I've never had a man like that. Not even Melody's dad? 
She gives me a sad little smile and shakes her head no. Again, we're silent, listening to the trickle of the fountain. I think about the light shining across Liam's chest this morning, the line of muscle in his arms, the lines of muscle in his stomach, going down to the V below his waist. My mama kicked me out of the house. What? Why? I shrug. I guess she took one look at me and knew what we'd done. That's impossible. She knew. I don't know how much time has passed since I got here. I don't know how long he's been unconscious. I do know the more time passes, the worse the damage could be to his brain, his job, our prospects. Please, God, please. My eyes close as fear twists a fist in my chest. There's a full moon tonight. To the soundtrack of running water, I imagine silver light shining through the live oak tree on the little bench in front of our house. I remember seeing Liam asleep this morning, so handsome and strong. I can't think of him being anything else. He was fixing up that house for me. If he wakes up, if we get out of here, I'm going home with him for good. I'll take care of him. I'll cook for him. I'll never leave his side. I'll take care of him for the rest of his life. Till death do you part, Daisy says quietly. A rustle at the back of the room precedes the banging of a door. Daisy and I both jump and turn to look, and I almost scream when I see the tall figure standing in the entrance looking right at me. Then let's get the hell out of here. I'm ready to go home. Liam! We're both on our feet, but I'm ahead of her, running to where he stands. I stop when I reach him, hesitant. Are you okay? I'm better than okay. Reaching down, he scoops me off my feet into a hug that makes me squeal. Should you be lifting me? I push against his shoulders. Our eyes meet, and warmth floods my body. I'll carry you to the car. I'm holding you to what you just said in here. Cupping his cheeks in my hands, I lean forward to kiss him. Our lips meet, part, and our tongues twine and curl together. It's warmth and goodness and everything I love. This quiet man who sees so much, who I plan to spend the rest of my life with. Daisy pats my back. I'm glad to see you're doing okay. I've got to get back to Melody. Thanks for sitting with her. Liam smiles at my friend before turning those dark brown eyes on me. I'm taking you home. Epilogue, six weeks later. Donna. Pastor Green stands between us, placing our hands together and pronouncing us husband and wife. The entire town turned out for our wedding on a private stretch of beach between our village and the tourist area. Even my mother is sitting in the front row, in the mother of the bride's section. When she came to me and said she wanted to be a part of the wedding, now that we were officially no longer sinning in God's eyes, I was ready to shut her down and walk away. It was Liam who talked me into it. He made the valid point that her kicking me out was probably the best thing that could have happened for us. We've had the most amazing six weeks setting up house and getting to know each other's bodies better. 
Today, Emberly made us a three-layer cake with strawberry buttercream filling and champagne buttercream frosting. The tiers are arranged in a curve, and the whole thing is covered in champagne glitter and fresh white and yellow Gerber daisies. Her little daughter, Coco, is one of my flower girls, along with Melody, and the day is perfect. It's everything I ever dreamed it would be. Liam looks like sex on wheels standing across from me in a black tux and tails. His light brown hair is swept away from his face, but with that small curl in the front and the dimple in his cheek, he looks like my very own Star-Lord. My dress is simple pale yellow eyelet lace, and the veil on my head is attached right at my crown. I didn't want to wear white. Ever since I found out what I've been missing, Liam and I have been making up for lost time. I love climbing across his lap first thing in the morning and riding him as the sun comes up. He's also put my lessons from Ms. Roxy to good use, although he refuses to let me speak her name when we're in the zone. Looking up at him now, I'm glad we're making it official. Even if I've taken Daisy's advice and put my mother's words behind me, it was also Miss Betty's advice, Emberly's advice, Tabby's advice, pretty much everyone who knows the story of why I shacked up with my fiance a few weeks before our wedding. Tabby says I'm a bad girl like her. I'm only a bad girl for my husband. Later that night, after all the festivities have died down and we're covered in sweat from our second vigorous round of honeymoon sex, I drop down beside him, lying on my back. Was that good enough for you, wife? The way he says it makes me hum with satisfaction. I put a hand on my stomach, looking thoughtfully at the mirror overhead. I have something to tell you. I hope it makes you happy. His eyes meet mine in the mirror, and I wonder if he knows what I'm about to say. What's that? Well... I choose my words carefully. You know how we've been practicing our technique several times a day? A practice I plan to continue. At some point while we were working on the cream filling, it seems we put a bun in my oven. For a moment, the room is completely silent. It's so silent, my throat goes tight, and I wonder if he might not be happy about my news. Our eyes are still locked, but a frown pierces my forehead. In a flash, he's on top of me, bracing himself on each side with his elbows. What are you saying to me? The intensity radiating in his eyes floods my veins with hope. I'm pregnant, about six weeks along. His head drops to my shoulder, and I feel the rumble of laughter shaking his shoulders. I'm holding my breath when he pops up, eyes glittering with delight just before he kisses me hard. My tongue is reaching for his when he disappears, scooting to the level of my waist and looking straight at my belly button. We have a little girl in there? I start to laugh. Or a boy. He lifts his chin, and the pride in his face makes this the happiest day of my life. He kisses my flat stomach once, twice, then he looks at me with so much wonder. I don't know what to say. His voice is quiet. I wish I had my notebook. A poem? 
It's like that fish is flipping in my stomach again. What would you write? He looks down at my middle again, thinking, I'm better with a pencil than saying it out loud. Just try. Reaching down, I thread my fingers in his light brown hair, loving him with all my heart. What started with fear has turned to love. He pauses and I nod. I like it. His brow furrows. What started in fear has turned into life. It's true. Twelve months later, with our baby girl in my arms, I discover the final version in one of his little notebooks. What fear began, love has changed. What started in fear turned into life. What love has wrought, no fear can destroy. What's ours has now become a family. Hey, lady listeners. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. Hit record, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Too late. Okay. So, yeah, sorry. When We Touch and When We Kiss by Tia Louise are both on sale this week only for 99 cents. So go to your your local Amazon (laughs) (laughs) and click them up. (laughs) Get them hot and fresh. She's giving away. (laughs) Yeah. She's giving away paperback, signed paperback copies of When We Touch and When We Kiss uh, as well. So head to readmeromance.com and go to the current audiobook and you can enter the giveaway. I think that's it for this week. Tia Louise is on Kindle Unlimited. She's got lots of great books, authortialouise.com. And you can go find her on all her releases there as well. So I know you guys enjoyed this one because I, I, I loved it. Like it was so... It was just so exactly what I wanted. Just this like sheltered girl and this like guy who just wanted to do right by her. And oh, it was just beautiful. Like, oh, he's a PMB. I call him. Pouty man bears. I call those heroes pouty man bears. Yeah. yeah. I love him. I love it. Okay. That's that's it for this week. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with more. In in real time, it'll be like four weeks from now. <laughs> no, right? We're taking a nice long break. So I'm. We're going to have so much to talk about. I know. So we've pre-recorded everything. So although you're not going to miss a moment, um, we are going to take a nice, much-needed summer vacation. So, yeah. yeah. This will be good. Awesome. We love you guys. Thanks for continuing to listen to the podcast. It, you know, like we really love doing it. And it just means a lot to us that you keep tuning in to listen. Rate, review, and subscribe the podcast. It helps us out a lot. And I guess that's it. Follow us. Leah, tell them what to yeah. do. Oh, no, sorry. I was say, just follow us everywhere. We're there. Follow us. <laughs> we're there. Follow us there. We're there. Uh-huh. We're here. We're there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Leah, tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. It's midnight. <laughs> Bye. Bye. In the garden of good neighbors. <laughs> good night. I'll see myself out. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine, or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read me romance. Read, read me romance.